Greetings ladies and mental gents, and welcome to this batch video of one-shots taken from the HUPI subreddit. The links to the originals will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do so, please consider subscribing, because for those that don't, you will be visited later on by a biomass-eating cloud of sentient nanites. Story number one, Safety Tax, written by Horizon. Fifth Harry Raya wasn't annoyed by this paranoid humans. He didn't understand why they kept asking for identification, like every single sector of the territory. Bureaucratic stuff like these would drive you crazy. But the thing was that their entire space was insanely huge, even bigger than the mighty hierarchy. They covered the zone between the hierarchy and the union. Nobody wanted to mess with them. Either you went through them or you went around them and bankrupt yourself due to the high traveling cost and distance. They realized the fact and took advantage of the situation. According to the news, the humans with their massive military had pressured the trade union by slapping nuts, safety taxes on all cargoes that go into their space. The hierarchy had to accept their offer, either that or going to war. But everything had a price. The hierarchy valued high-quality goods that were produced from the union's best citizens more than the over-industrialized stuff made by the humans. He was one of those first brave guys who dared to take a risk of being in the chaotic, crazy, mysterious human space for months to deliver the best hierarchy products. And if he made it all the way back, he would be drowning in galactic trading credits. Unlike all these myths of their race, the humans were actually very polite. Aside from the annoying checking routine, they did collect taxes, just like the official description of them. They didn't talk much, and they were willing to leave him alone as long as he followed their flight path. But there is something fishy about that that he couldn't nail on. They were way too polite. Anyways, it seemed like the humans were bluffing about their actual space. The ship had just passed by the real border of their territory. There was a vast region of no advanced indications of any advanced civilizations in front of him. Not a single ship or millions of unfiltered commercial FTLs spamming messages floating, which most of them told them to sign up for scammy surveys on his communication console. Still a very long way away from the Union, but it was definitely better. He rested his front antenna peacefully as the ship began to drop out of FTL to commit auto repairs. Trade Union vessel stage your identification. An unknown voice popped up on the communications console. All of his three antennae rose up immediately. He turned his fourth eyes scanning the terminal. No ship appeared on the screen, not even on the photonic scanner. But how could that happen? A different alien race with superstar tech, but even better technology than the humans. I am so dead right now. I can only hope that they're a pacifist. I repeat, trade union vessel, please state your identification. If you don't comply, we will open fire. Yes, whoever this is, I will comply immediately. He quickly pressed the button to send. A dead silence between the two ships. His right antenna spun stressfully. It seems like you are carrying human terrorists on board. Prepare to be boarded or you will be destroyed. What? This is ridiculous. How could a peaceful trader like him be willing to carry a human? Not to mention a human terrorist. 
He remembered clearly his mother's words when he left his home for the first wife, who eventually dumped him. At this very moment, he will die alone in the middle of nowhere, get stripped of all his belongings, and he is going to beg for his mother. Even the trade union's president is not going to save him from the burning crap. Well then, I'd rather gamble for my life than getting blown up, he thought as he unlocked all the airlocks on the ship. He could hear the sound of aliens storming through every corner of his ship. The sound was getting louder, and they moved closer to the bridge. He could see the aliens are about to enter the bridge on the camera. Now all of his antenna was spinning non-stop. A group of... Wait, what? Bipedal aliens? Some coincidence, two rival races with the same method of locomotion. All of them were wearing black merc suits with extra deadly weapons equipped on them. One of them seemed to be the commander of the group was definitely ordering people around. It walked slowly to him, along with another soldier, who was presumably his executive officer. Both of them looked at him curiously, he guessed, or they were both about to skin him alive. Please, have mercy on my soul. I have a wife and kids, and I'm their only hope for a better life at home. Look, look. I know that you and the humans have a complicated history, but, but I have nothing to do with it. I swear, I'm just a poor... To his surprise, both of them turned their heads to each other and then let out a creepy alien sound through their helmets. Each translator couldn't make sense of the action. Their face and brain are covered in thick armor, and so it couldn't read anything aside from the weird body language they made. The commanding alien moved on to manipulating limbs to cover the parts of its face. They both uncovered their face. The mechanic movement kicked in the aliens' faces was slowly revealed. Is this some sort of trickery? He screamed so loud that he felt confused right now. Look at his surprised facial expression. It resembles ours so much. My God, the resemblance is uncanny. She left out a sound which was now recognized as laughing. How? I don't understand. I thought I passed human space. Oh, so they never told you that. These inhuman enhancers... She stopped laughing and asked him what very similar surprise face to face. Told me what? You just passed through one in 23 human states. My state is called soul correlation. The other guy who just went through was actually our enemy, the independent state of the free enhancer, a.k.a. the ISFE. Well, they are not exactly a friendly type. We found traces of the ISFE's technology on your ship, the exo-female human told him. Holy mother... 23. Crawling with humans! He must be having the worst nightmare of his life. I don't know anything about these technologies. I'm definitely not a spying guy. And, wait, what? How can you have that many intraspecies intergalactic states? That is absurd. Most races don't even reach three. What kind of diversity? No race would be able to withstand outside forces. Intraspecies diversity is a weakness. Well... Humanity is quite different. We used to have to like hundreds of states in our homeworld. It was the competitiveness that drove our species to rise above others. The human commander answered his question. This is madness. He couldn't comprehend how in the how could a species think diversity is their power. Hundreds of states. Now where are we? Okay. Lucky for you that the only thing related to the ISFE on board your ship is the spy bugs they installed secretly. You are free to go. The commander said as Erikso gave her a pad. 
You, when lucky, they decided to alter your course en route to spy on us, and not the union of cyborg. They would execute you for the crime against their state. His antenna spun a bit, and we have decided that you would spy on them for us, or as we alter your course to travel through cyborg space. Now they spun faster than ever. Ha <laughs> ha, gotcha. They actually are our political ally, they both of them laughed, and by now it was recognized by the translator as humor. These humans are freaking nuts. This is their humor. He raised his left antenna and expressed his gratitude, and was relieving by not getting sent out to a suicide mission. His third heart almost stopped working. Aha, uh -huh. not so quick. Safety tax. He began to regret many life decisions that led him to his frickery of the human madness. End of story one. Story number two. A gentleman's game written by saxophone yeti. It was quiet on the bridge of the human battleship. Damn the torpedoes! Full speed ahead. When Rear Admiral Fleet Commandant Kilgora gave the order to fire. The Galactic Concordance was not a war, so there were no enemies to be found. In fact, there was not a single other ship in the system. Yet, the Magnocyclers embedded in the keel of the ship spun up to 106% capacity. And the 15-ton uranium tungsten alloy slug was hurled to relativistic speeds in a fraction of a second. The massive ship lurched for a moment, and the reaction control thrusters coughed pulling her back against the inky blackness downrange, someone was about to have a very bad day. Almost at once the bridge became a flurry of activity. Con, ballistics, round is clear. Con, guidance, preliminary trajectory looks good. Con, propulsion, ship is holding steady. Con, reactor, mags are spooling down. Con, sensors, we have confirmed the locker field. Kilgore pause, expecting an additional information. Astrometrics, this is conning tower. Status? Con, astrometrics, hold. That's not good. In astrometrics, a junior lieutenant was overclocking every supercomputer on the ship. The commandant had chosen a system with four gas giants, each with a couple dozen moons, not to mention ten terrestrial bodies, three asteroid belts, sixteen measured dark matter disturbances, or a binary freaking quasars at the heart of it all. The calculated trajectory of the round arced forward, dancing between gravity wells and twirling through the intricate web of possible paths as the ship computers struggled under the challenge of calculating a near light speed path in real time. This was all planned before the round was fired, of course, but now they had to rerun the simulation in accordance with the real time sensor logs, accounting for the minute differences in the cosmic wind electromagnetic disturbances, and the whimbers of fate. The computer terminal dinged. Con, astrometric trajectory is on target with ten sigma accuracy at one trillion clicks. Kilgore took a deep breath and sighed relief. He even cracked a slight smile. Across the galaxy, Ford Fleet Commandant's extra of the Brafertian frigate, he who walks with the fury of the old ways, sat forward in his chair. 200,000 kilometers directly was a stable, open wormhole. To his immediate left, the Galactic Concordance Research Spaceport with no shields and an open shuttle bay door, and between them, the maw of a black hole. Gone? Sensors. New contact. 
the wormhole began to glow, and out of its mouth spat a 15-meter-wide chunk of near-molten metal at nearly the speed of light. It looked like a glowing streak of white speeding across the ship's viewpoint. Nearly glancing the black hole, the streak began to shrink, tracking at 50, 40, 25% the speed of light and dropping. That son of a witch, Zykes thought to himself. The streak shrunk further and further, straining against the pool of the black hole until the slug crossed the event horizon at barely a few kilometers per hour. Gone, guidance, final approach vector is green, velocity is green. The alloy round cooled on his point, limped towards its target, and by the time it reached the exterior doors of the research station's shuttle bay, it could all but completely be stopped. It kissed the interior of the war bay, and the docking arm delicately locked into position. Zix stood up and tossed her head angrily onto the ground. Con comes incoming communication from rear commandant. He says, four, in the end of the message. Zix sighed. He would never hear the end of this. Con, tell him he already knows. Ugh, tell him, hole in one. End of story number two. End of the Dispatch video. If you wish to support the author or the channel, all the relevant links are down below. But the easiest way would be to share this video far and wide to as many unsuspecting people as possible. And until the next video, I hope that you all have a good time, and I'll see you then. Cheers.